Hello, and welcome to Disney Rewind, a Disney nostalgia podcast served with a glass of wine. We are your hosts, Adina Miller and Rachel Seedman. And in each episode, we break down a piece of Disney media and pair it perfectly with a glass of wine. Cheers. Hello. Hello. (laughs) How are you doing? I am great. How are you doing? You know, it's perfect because it fits with our theme of the week, but I'm melting. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm <no>. absolutely <laughs> melting, you guys. I just want to preface everything. It is incredibly hot here in San Luis Obispo, and we don't have air conditioning, so I have, like, a fan going and an air purifier blowing cold air. I, as the person who edits this, I know if I hear it, I'm sorry. I just, I can't not have these things on or I will... I'll die on this podcast. So I would not really rather you not die. That would me, be ideal. Me too. Me too. <laughs> but how are you? How are you? I am good. You know, I just saw Cruella in an actual movie theater. What is life? That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, like California is open, guys. Uh, as I'm sure you saw if you are listening to this podcast and are as big of a Disney fan as the two of us. You saw that masks are not required in Disneyland anymore. Ugh. I have a lot like like they're not required for vaccinated people, which like, yay. But also I'm like, how many people are actually going to follow that if they're not vaccinated? I feel like they wouldn't be wearing the mask anyway. Well, and are they even going to check? Like, no, nope, they're just, not checking. Yeah, I, I personally I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. I want to believe in the honor system, but I don't. But, you know. Let's move away from the icky into the happy yes. and discuss our movie for this week. I'm which so is, excited. I know, me too. Uh, it is Frozen. Yay. I had to move away from our ocean realm. But this was a super fun movie to watch. I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. Me neither. So Frozen came out in 2013 and it is the... 53rd Disney animated feature film. Get out of here. Yes. It premiered at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood on November 19th, 2013, and went into general theatrical release on November 27th. And it was directed by Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee, our first female director. Can we talk about that? I know. Way to go. I was, when I saw that, I was like, girl, one amazing Two, 2013 wait a second it's 2013 and we just had our first female director oh gosh we'll get into that and it is inspired by Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale the snow queen so coming in hot with another Hans Christian Andersen tale didn't mean to do that two in a row for my two back-to-back picks whoops it's fine. You, you just really like that HCA. You're really like an HCA oh. fangirl. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that his nickname now? Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. So Disney Plus's description of this movie was poo-poo. It was poo-poo. So I wrote my own. Yay. But I'm going to read the Disney Plus description and you guys can all, you know, let us know for yourselves. Okay. Judge. We will all judge is what yeah. you're saying. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Fearless optimist Anna teams up with rugged mountain man Kristoff and his loyal reindeer Sven in an epic journey to find Anna's sister Elsa, whose icy powers have trapped the kingdom of Arendelle in eternal winter. I mean, if we were only going for one sentence descriptions, well done. Also a bit of a run-on sentence for being a one <laughs> sentence description, but <sighs> yeah, I think you could do a much better job than that. I hope so. Okay. 
Here's my description. Yes. Princesses Elsa and younger sister Anna become distant after Elsa, a powerful conjurer of snow and ice, accidentally hurts Anna while the two are playing. Elsa secludes herself from the kingdom, struggling to keep her ever-growing curse at bay. When their parents pass away, Elsa is posed to become queen of Arendelle, and finally, after years of solitude, the castle is open to the public on her coronation day. Anna, excited with this new realm of possibilities, meets and falls in love with Prince Hans, a stranger of whom Elsa does not approve. After a fit of rage, Elsa thrusts the kingdom into an eternal winter, and it's up to Anna and her new friends, Kristoff, his reindeer Sven, and snowman Olaf to save the day. Aw, I like that. Thanks. Yeah, that's good. That actually gives some context to what's happening in this movie. But Rachel, I'm very excited for our drink. You know, last week's drink was amazing. It was. This week's drink also looks very amazing. Please enlighten us. I will. So if you guys look at our cover art or read our actual episode names, thank you. We put a lot of effort into those, but also you already know. So much effort. You already know (laughs) what we're going to be having. But if you don't and you're just like, oh my God, new Disney Rewind episode, click, and you don't read, that's fine too. Because I'm here to surprise you all that we are pairing with our movie Frozen some Frosé. Yes. So excited. So Frosé is quite the trendy little drink, but quite easy to make. All you need is a bottle of Rosé. Choose your own. Pick what you like. You need some strawberries and you need a little bit of honey and a blender and a freezer. Those are all the things that you need to make this. All you do, blend up everything in the blender, put it into a freezer dish, Freeze it for at least six hours. I did overnight. Blend it up again when you're ready to drink it. Enjoy. That That's it. That's all there is to it. So I don't have tasting notes. Hopefully we're going to get some strawberry, perhaps. <laughs> and some rosé. <laughs> and maybe a hint of honey. Just a, hint. <laughs> just a little yeah. hint. But um, with this being a very hot day here and just a very crazy time, I figure why not pair some rosé with frozen? Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Mm, nice and boozy. Oh, that's nice. You know <laughs> what? As somebody who's literally sweating, this is very refreshing right now. So I went through a couple of different options of things that we could drink. I was really, I did a lot of research. I want to give just some some runner ups of what we could have had before talking about why Frosé is the drink that you should be having this summer. But our runner-ups that we have are honorary mentions of our drinks to pair with this movie. I did some research on what wine is served at the coldest temperature. So we have a lot of light body white wine. So I was looking at some Sauvignon Blancs, found one that was a nice little contender, but definitely this one's going to win out because how many times can we do frozen and frosé? Once. That's it. We could do it a a second time, but Frozen 2 and Frosé, it doesn't work the same. Fair. But yes, this this was the pun that we all needed to happen. Really, It, it really <laughs> is for the middle of, not middle, for the beginning of summer. Yes. <laughs> Other options for all of you who don't know, there is such a wine as ice wine. And it is actually made when the leaves and when there is snow on the leaves and on the grapes. Ice wine is very expensive. It is. It's very, very sweet. Mm-hmm. This is also sweet, but this is not like... This isn't like a syrup. Right. Ice wine is like 
on the Moscato scale of sweetness. Yeah. While it would have been good, I didn't feel like dropping $50 on a small bottle of sweet wine, personally. No, I agree with that. There was a rosé on sale at my Vons for $6.99, so I bought that. Perfect. And some strawberries. I I garnished my glass with a strawberry, and uh, I already had a honey. So this was a very easily accessible drink to have to make it is things that you'll most likely have like you don't have to go make simple syrup it's not hard to make simple syrup but that's another step that you have to do for a lot of froses this one just get some honey out of your pantry i know you have it back there go get it or agave if you're vegan true or agave if you're vegan or even maple syrup if you're vegan as well would be very nice in this Mm, that would be nice Mm -hmm. now you might be thinking to yourself rachel i know you love the color pink i do but Where did this drink come from? Did it just start popping up? I have the history of the Frosé beverage. Yay! Did not know there was a history of the Frosé beverage other than somebody wanted a pink drink, but there is. I'm going to back us up, actually, to the 1950s. That is not when this drink was invented, but it is when blended cocktails started becoming more popular with the commercialization of blenders in the American household. So that was the 50s. We're going to flash forward all the way to 2016. After our movie came out, became a thing. So in the summer of 2016, the bar Premie in New York City is credited with inventing the drink through its manager, Justin Sievers. Justin was curious about what would happen if he poured rosé, which I'm going to talk about this in a second, but in 2016, rosé was the drink of summer. We're going to talk about what happened to sales in that year. So everybody was buying rosé and he just was curious what would happen if he took a bottle of rosé and poured it into the slushy machine that they had purchased to make other types of drinks such as daiquiris and margaritas. And so they began experimenting and playing around with different ingredients. After tweaking the recipe, the official original recipe of a rosé is a combination of rosé, vermouth, and strawberries. Oh, vermouth. Yeah, that's the OG. I was when I saw that I was like, I don't know that I could see vermouth really complementing this. Yeah. I'd rather just know. have the rosé. Yeah. So, it became the trendiest summer beverage between the summer of 2016 and the summer of 2017. In those years, between 2016 and 2017 alone, sales of rosé as a table wine, increased by 53%. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's it's really kind of accredited to social media's rise and that rosé is a pretty drink and it's a, I'm going to say one of my favorite words to say on this podcast, it's an approachable wine. Yes. You don't have to know a lot about wine. It's very easy to say, is this a dry rosé or a sweet rosé? And that's all you really need to know about it. Yep. So it's very approachable. It pairs with almost anything and everything you want to drink with a rosé. And in that summer, as people are taking pictures with their pink wine, the sales of rosé are just spiking. And he was bored and decided what happens, glub, 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 into the slushy machine it goes. And that's where we get rosé. Amazing. I was so happy that there is like a concrete history and I checked so many different sources and everybody puts it on this one person in a bar in 2016 as the invention of rosé. Frosé, not rosé. But yeah, this is such 
an Instagram worthy drink. Rachel, you sent me a photo of a drink that you made for Ian before we started. I sent you a photo of mine and yes. it's just, it's so pretty. It really is. And again, so easy. So easy. I'm loving this. It's really easy to drink. It's dangerous how easy this is to drink. I'm a little scared that I have a straw. <laughs> I'm glad that I physically have to like feel the weight tipping against my face as I drink this, but I yeah. could just, you could just sit outside, Poolside, get yourself some cheese and oh crackers and maybe like a nice book. Oh like, my gosh. oh, that's like my ideal summer afternoon right there. My last thing that I want to say is we've not actually had a rosé, and I was kind of baffled by that because I personally love rosé. Really? We haven't had a rosé? Hold on. We had the rosé, the sparkling rosé. Yeah, we had the sparkling rosé for Star Wars. Does that not count? I was just thinking like straight rosé, rosé. Yeah. So I love the website and the book Wine Folly quite a bit. And so I went on Wine Folly just to get a couple of things about rosé. And I found this amazing thing that somebody wrote, which are the three tenets of rosé, which are, thou shall enjoy sunshine, laughter, and short shorts. Thou shall covet rosé during brunch, lunch, or dinner, and still look classy. All are welcome to drink pink. Love that. <laughs> right? That's my is... new life motto. <laughs> right. I just like, I'm going to live my life by those three tenants. That's all I want. I love that so much. Thank you, Wine Folly. <laughs> Thank you, Wine Folly. So there's not much else to say about this drink because, again, it was just made in 2016. There's not a lot of history here, but I'm glad to keep it kind of short and sweet because you guys. There's oh, so much man. to talk about with Frozen. There is a lot to talk about with Frozen. So the first thing that I'm going to say is this was not the first attempt at trying to make a movie based on the Snow Queen. They acquired the rights in the 40s. Sounds Nothing really right. happened. Then in 2002, they tried again. It was scrapped when master animator Glenn Keane, whom we gave many a shout out to in our Little Mermaid episode, quit the project. It was like a really big thing that he drama. quit. Like, I know. I couldn't really find a ton of drama on it. But oh, the Snow Queen resurfaced again in 2009. And John Lasseter recruited directors Kirk Wise and Gary Trousdale of Beauty and the Beast, Hunchback, and Atlantis the Lost Empire to lead the project. Producer Don Hahn and writer Linda Wolverton had also signed on to the project then, alongside Alan Menken oh, and Glenn Slater, wow. who were commissioned to write the songs. But oh. could you imagine what this movie would be like with all of those huge names? No, that's, that's really interesting. But oh. in 2010, the film was placed on hold rather than being put back in development hell again, and Disney devised a way to make the story work. Which leads us now to the version that we see and love today. On December 22nd, 2011, Disney announced that the Snow Queen had been put back into development, now entitled Frozen, with a different crew, and was scheduled for the 2013 holiday season release. So it was... At that time, 2011, it was uncertain whether or not the project was going to be hand-drawn animation or computer animation. 20 days later, on January 11th, 2012, it was announced that the film was now going to be computer animated, 
based on how successful Tangled had been in 2010. You know, I talked about things being very romantic. Like we talked about that last week with Lilo and Stitch Mm -hmm. and how that hand-drawn aspect really brings you in into like a more, like a soft feel. Yeah. But there is a lot of action in this movie and there's a lot happening and I feel like it really lends itself well to the computer-generated animation for this particular movie. It does. The actual word that I use, I feel like we're getting really good at like (laughs) finding a word to use for each of these movies. The word that I have for this was epic. That this movie was, it's an epic proportion that you see. And and if you were to hand draw this, I don't think you would reach the same level of epicness. And I will have reasons for saying the word epic. I don't, I will say it right now. Frozen is not my favorite Disney movie. I know it has a lot of hype associated. I want to get this out there. It's not my favorite. No, it is not my favorite either, but I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, it's really, and it's, and it's epic. It's epic. Yeah, epic is a great word to describe it. That kind of leads in well to my animation facts. Get in there. Like you said, epic. There are a lot of things that happened in this movie that I don't think would have had the impact had they been hand-drawn. Specifically, Elsa. So Elsa went through a lot of R&D trying to figure out what she would look like. At one point, she was supposed to look like Bette Midler. She was also supposed to be based on Amy Winehouse at one point, and I found the concept art for that, and it's kind of cool, kind of looks like Jack Frost. What? <laughs> it's super cool, but obviously we ended up with the the overall look of Elsa being modeled after her voice actress, Adina Menzel. So once they had figured out what Elsa was going to look like, they got to work And we have Elsa's glorious braid. I have issues with how it is formed in the song. But Elsa's braid is constructed of 420,000 strands of computer-generated hair, which is, surprisingly, 15 times more strands than Rapunzel. What? That is crazy. But in order to make her hair as fabulous as it is, Disney animators had to create a new software program called Tonic, especially to get the effects in place. And they hired celebrity hairstylist Danilo to advise on her hair. Whoa. Nutso bananas. (laughs) That's crazy. So we discussed our Patreon bonus episode of Jerry's Game. Go check it out. That they almost brought in a very famous fashion designer to consult on Jerry's outfit. If you want to find out who it is, go become a Patreon subscriber. But they brought this famous hairstylist on to consult on computer animated hair, which is crazy. Not the final crazy fact about animation. Wow. So snow is obviously a very large part of this film. Is it? <laughs> just, just, just a little bit. So to get the fake snow right... The animators traveled to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and played in the real snow for two days, which I love. Could you imagine being on that fun little field trip? (laughs) You guys, you're going to go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming in the middle of winter. You have one task, play. The costume department made a skirt similar to Elsa's and Anna's so that they could like jump into the snow and see how it reacted in real snow so that they could then animate that properly. 
Amazing. And I love that. In addition to seeing snow, snowflakes are huge. They created a snowflake generator, the animators, and there are 2,000 different types of snowflake shapes throughout the movie. Wow. I know. It's crazy. That's insane. Like, mm-hmm. you could just do, like, not. Five. Nobody would notice. You could, do, you could do five, and I wouldn't have noticed. And I would have been like, wow, there's only five? Another thing. Elsa's castle. It needed 50 animators to create her castle, which is stunning. It is stunning. The castle is is stunning. One frame of this scene of the castle being built took 30 hours to render. Oh, God. I know. That sounds so painful. <laughs> I, I know. My final animation fact is, you know, we've talked about lots of movies having animals in them and Disney bringing the animals to the studio so they can model their their facial features and their movements this was no different they brought no they brought in a live reindeer to walt disney animation studios to study movements and mannerisms for sven and jennifer lee said this was the best moment during production (laughs) you know what if you are directing a disney movie and this, that is a key part of Disney movies. That is like Disney history is bringing in these animals and letting your animators sit around these animals so that they can appropriately and perfectly capture the essence of this animal. I would think to myself, like, I've made it. I've done what the Disney directors of the past have done. They created great films. They did this. I believe in what I'm doing is going to be a great film, and I get to do this. And I I would totally be, like, completely nerding out like her on that one moment of just bringing in a damn reindeer. Um, But, yeah, Frozen is one of Disney's most successful films ever. It made over a billion dollars worldwide. You know, that is going to lead into my topic that I have. Oh, yay. You know why this movie, I think, was so successful? (sighs) Please tell me, because I formulated my own thoughts. I did a little bit of research. I'm still baffled. So tell me, tell me your thoughts. I have to give it all to this music. I think if you take the music out of this movie... You you have a good movie still. I'm not going to knock the movie, but you have a great movie because of this music. A thousand percent. And the reason that I know that is because over 24 minutes of this movie is devoted to musical numbers. That's about a quarter of the movie is just music. This is a musical and I love the music. Yes, I would say the music of this is incredible and that is thanks to... Two incredible human beings who we're going to give a lot of shout outs to right now of Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. They are couple goals if I've <laughs> ever seen it ever in my life. <laughs> Reels. That is the, the work that the two of them do together, like as a working duo, and the fact that they are husband and wife and have a family and everything is just mind boggling. These two people have figured out life. They figured it out. They, they figured it out. I love them so much. Just like our dynamic duo of the past of Ashman and Mankin, they too come from Broadway. And not only do they come from Broadway, no, no. They did my all time 
favorite Broadway show, The Book of Mormon. My favorite one of all time. I've seen this bad boy like six times. I love this show. I love the music that they did. That's where we get Josh Gad's connection to this movie is they already worked with him. Who's amazing. Uh, He's so good in this. They didn't just do The Book of Mormon. They also did Avenue Q as well, which again ah, is amazing. So, so good. So I want to give some shout outs about the soundtrack of this movie that was released on November 25th, 2013. So I'm going to give out some just like milestones that this soundtrack had. As of December 11th, 2014, the soundtrack for Frozen had 43 non-consecutive weeks on top of Billboard's top soundtracks. So we're starting with just the top soundtracks, and that had 43 weeks. Basically, the movie was out for a year. Out of that year, 43 out of the 52 weeks, at some point, this was the top soundtrack of that year. Let's take it to the next thing, though, that happens. On the U.S. Billboard 200, now that's not just top soundtracks, this is top albums, the album debuted at 118, and that was the highest chart position for a soundtrack for an animated film since 2006 with Cars. It then moved itself up to 110, becoming the 10th soundtrack from an animated film to reach that. Wow. But... It then subsequently moved to number 14 on the list of top 200 albums, which is the highest one for highest position for an animated film soundtrack since Pocahontas in 1995. So it's just moving up, moving up, but it's not done moving up. Oh, snap. Because in the week ending January 5th, 2014. So this is like in full swing of Frozen. Everybody had seen it by that point. Yes. It reached number one, surpassing Beyonce's self-titled album, which had held the number one position for three weeks up until that point. And it was the fourth animated film soundtrack in history to ever reach that position. Oh, shit. (laughs) Right? What? So this crazy. This is why I think that this movie became such a phenomenon is because this music was in everybody's head. Everybody was listening to Let It Go. Everybody knew the words to Let It Go. You you couldn't not. If you had a child, oh, I'm so sorry if you had a child. Because, like, <laughs> I was God. in my 20s and I played that music a lot. All I the time. All I can't imagine time. having kids playing this. But we're not quite done with just its climb to the top. I mean, it's at the top. But... It remained at number one for a second consecutive week, so two weeks at number one, becoming the first theatrical film soundtrack to stay at number one for multiple weeks since Dreamgirls, which also had Beyonce, a little callback, Hmm. and the first animated film to spend more than one week at number one since Disney's The Lion King in 1994 and 1995. Wow. Animated movie soundtracks had not been reaching this type of hit since the 90s. Yeah. Let's let's just keep going. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because it didn't just have two weeks at number one. With 13 non-consecutive weeks at number one, Frozen earned for the most weeks at number one album for an album since Adele's 21, which had 24 weeks at number one, and the most weeks at number one for a soundtrack since Titanic in 1998. Whoa! So 13 non-consecutive weeks at Billboard top number one album. That's insane. 
So the Academy Award that Let It Go did receive led Robert Lopez, my man, Robert Lopez, to become the youngest person to have ever received an EGOT. Now, for those of you, Adina's clapping because it is a bow down moment. For those of you yes. who do not know what an EGOT is, you have to have an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Not everybody gets those awards, let alone let alone one, let alone needing all four. And Robert Lopez became the youngest person when Let It Go won for the best song. That's incredible. It was, it was, I remember watching those Academy Awards, like knowing that he was like, if he got it, this was it. And like, I cried a little bit. I was so happy. Two more song facts that I have. Okay. To go back to all of the numbers, Frozen sold over 10 million copies of its soundtrack in 2014 alone. Damn. That, that's just that that says it all about and again this isn't movie sales this isn't dvd or i guess blu-ray would have been a thing at that time this is the soundtrack of yep. this movie that just like it it's as the as the youth sl- say it slaps my last little note because it ties into some of actually our past movies that we've talked about is about the song love's an open door ah uh. Love is the Open Door is the third hero and villain duet in a Disney animated film. The other two, the first one is Hi Diddly D from Pinocchio. <laughs> and the second one is Out There from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ah. This is also, though, the first time that you have a hero and villain love song. I know you have some actor facts. I just have one little thing to tie into, again, a past episode of ours, because now I'm on this, um, I have this craze where I got to find out when a Disney movie is actually taking place. Oh, good. I did that for this movie. Yay. (laughs) I started doing some research based on all of the paintings we see. However, I don't actually need to do that because I can tell you the exact month and year this movie takes place. Does it tell you in the movie and I missed it again? (laughs) You have to do a little bit of, there's, you get the month in the movie. It does tell you because at Wandering Oakens, he says, it's a real howler in July. Yes. So we know it's happening in July. Sure. The other piece you actually have to watch Frozen 2 for. Because Uh. in Frozen 2, we find out that Agnar and Aduna's ship was sunk in 1840 based on Roman numerals that we see on a painting. Mm. So, and we know based on this movie that Frozen takes place three years, three years later. later. Yep. So it takes place in July, 1843. However, most of the paintings do line up with that, that all of all, except one of those paintings were painted by that point of 1843. One of them wasn't, that's fine. Whatever. We all make mistakes. However, what you mean the Lincoln bust? Yeah, exactly. You know what we don't make mistakes with the word fractal was not invented until 1975. So get out of here. That's amazing. Because the idea of fractals, which they actually had to create more software in addition for the hair, they did it for creating the fractals during Let It Go. The mathematical concept of fractals and having a work, fractals have been a thing since the dawn of time. That's kind of the point of fractals. They appear forever. But the idea of fractals having a word was attributed to a mathematician in 1975. So if this movie's taking place in July 1843, get out of here. I don't want to hear it. That's That <laughs> word should not be there. That's all. If that's our biggest 
uh, anachronism, I think we're okay. Considering the songs were written in, you know, 2011, 2012. Crazy. Okay. So we'll go into my after facts. After facts. So my almost namesake, Adina Menzel, <laughs> as Elsa. Before she was cast, this part was given to Megan Mullally coming mm-hmm. back again. Which is an interesting casting. I can't imagine this role without Adina Menzel. She actually had originally auditioned for the part of Rapunzel entangled and while she did not get that part the disney casting director recorded her audition and two years later it got her the part of elsa so she did not have to re-audition which is kind of cool that's pretty cool this is her third disney vocal role Mm -hmm. in the television series of hercules she was the speaking and singing voice of the sorceress circe but her second role which i did know very well Uh, is in Enchanted from 2007, where she plays Nancy, who makes a brief cameo as the animated alter ego. So Adina Mazel had to sing in front of a room full of animators so they could observe her movements. Like I said, the character of Elsa was modeled after her. It turned out when she was singing, her abdomen did a certain something when she belted out notes. Makes sense. She's a Broadway actress. Yeah. So Elsa, to an extent, does that. In the movie, which I find super fascinating. Yeah. Our next actor, Kristen Bell as Anna. She also auditioned for the part of Rapunzel. Yeah. Crazy. But Kristen stated that with this movie, she fulfilled a dream that began in her childhood when she saw The Little Mermaid and Aladdin, which was to voice an animated character. And when she was around that same age, she recorded a voice box where she sang a couple parts from The Little Mermaid, including the song Part of Your World. And her Little Mermaid vocal tracks were part of the reason why she got the part of Anna. As director Jennifer Lee said that if she hadn't recorded her own vocal tracks from The Little Mermaid, it would have been very difficult to find the right one to play Anna. Oh, I know. I love that. My next actor... Josh Gad as Olaf. (laughs) Can I just like be best friends with Josh Gad? Oh my God. I love Josh Gad. He's the best. I love him so much. He stated in an interview that when he took his older daughter, who was about four years old, to her first ever movie in a theater, which was Monsters University, there was a trailer for Frozen. And the trailer didn't really contain any of Olaf's lines or songs, but it had the sound of Olaf laughing. And Josh Gad said that as soon as his daughter heard the laugh, she said, that's Dada, more Dada. <laughs> and Josh Gad started crying in the movie theater. Well, I'm going to start crying just I hearing that know. fact. So sweet. My next actor is the wonderful Santino Fontana as Hans. So I just finished rewatching all of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So Santino portrays the first iteration of Greg, so who is one of Rebecca's love interests. Incredible. So keeping in theme with actors auditioning for Roland Tangled, Santino auditioned for Flynn Rider. Everyone wanted to be entangled. What, is Frozen the consolation prize? <laughs> I mean, so I could see why so many people went for it, because Tangled was the 50th anniversary movie. 
So I could see a lot of people saying, this is the one that I want to do. This is a big one. This is a big thing in for Disney animation. So I'm not surprised, but I, I'm sure if we looked at a lot of actors, not just these Frozen ones, we would see a lot of people tried out to be for Tangled because it was the 50th anniversary. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for bringing in that insight. So he auditioned for Flynn and he was called back for Hans when the movie was still called The Snow Queen in 2010. So not even for its newest iteration and what the movie ended up being. Like, he was back on the project when Mankin was doing it. That's what I was curious. Is he the, like, first person who was then cast? I don't know. I did not see that. But what I did see was that during his audition, he sang his own version of the song I Feel Pretty from West Side Story. And Lord Almighty, I hope that that exists online somewhere because I need to see it. I hope it. I would pay money for that. <laughs> I, I, I would, would pay, pay so much money for that. Good money for that. Let's split it. Okay. So if anyone has that in some sort of a vault, please give it to us. Thanks. <laughs> we will pay you for it is what we we're We will pay you. Yes. Okay. My last actor fact is a cute little shout out and a tie back into your deep dive that you did on the music. The adorable Katie and Annie Lopez. Yay! Who are our songwriters, Kristen and Robert's daughters. They each have small roles in this movie, which is so cute. (laughs) So adorable. Uh, So Katie voices the youngest Anna in Do You Want to Build a Snowman? And also in those little scenes in the beginning. And Annie voices the baby troll in Fixer Upper. By the way, I don't see no ring. Yes! (laughs) So cute! I love it so much! It's so cute. But again, the fact that this family exists is amazing. This is family goals. Couple goals. Family goals. Yeah. But that's all I have on our actors. There are so many other actors whom I will shout out as we get into it. Obviously, Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff, Alan Tudyk. But before we dive into the movie, let's give a quick shout out to our patron, Clocky McDowell. Clocky McDowell. Thank you for joining us. Ba-ba! That's part of the jingle now. <laughs> yeah, but I guess I have to keep doing it. I did it three times, so. Yeah, let's pour ourselves some more of this frosé. Mine's not so frozen anymore. But <laughs> it's not. It's a, it's, but it's actually very good. Like the fact that it's like de-slushed a little bit. It's very tasty. It's so nice. It's just strawberry honey rosé now. It's good. Love let's it. drink let's and get drink into our movie. And talk about the movie. Okay. okay. I just, here's my, I, I was watching this and I, I haven't watched it in a really long time. And we get two opening songs. The very first thing we hear, I like, it's, it's fine. But then we get into the ice song. Is this necessary? No, it is not necessary. What does it do for this movie? No, it does nothing. And it gives me even more confusion about Kristoff's origin story. Thank you. But so we get this opening scene about ice. What? I can't. Okay, so it's setting the stage that this is Scandinavia. Obviously, Arendelle is a fictional country inspired by Norway, Sweden, Finland, 
And there is even some Icelandic spoken in this movie, which is there kind is, of fun. and I might know how to speak it. You speak Icelandic. Well, we might get there. Oh we my god! How <laughs> fun! <laughs> okay, so we we see this beautiful scenery. We see the northern lights, so we know that we are somewhere in Scandinavia. Yes. We then cut to the castle. Yes. And we see baby Anna and Elsa. And my first question is, where did Elsa's powers come from? She seems to be the only person in this entire kingdom, other than the trolls, to have magic. And I have a lot of questions about it. Girl, I got so many questions about choices that happen because of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know where these powers came from. There was a lot of talk about if she should be, if she was going to be the villain or not. In fact, right. when they were writing the songs, they did not know at that point if Elsa was the villain or not. They didn't know the direction they were going to no. take this. They knew they had a girl with powers. Didn't know what they were going to do with that from there. How she got the powers, we got no backstory. I would appreciate a backstory. Ooh, give me troll lore. Give me, give me, mm. give me that. I mm-hmm, want that. Mm-hmm. I want the troll lore. Okay, so Elsa and Anna are playing in the snow. Adorable. But then Elsa hits Anna with a snow beam. That's the word I'm going to use. <laughs> I said ice magic. Okay, that also works. <laughs> uh, in the head. Yes. And oopsie daisy, time to go find the trolls. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the king and queen get the whole family. The whole family. And... It is time to go find the trolls. Kristoff, baby Kristoff and Sven see an icy path that is being formed by Elsa and her nervousness. So they follow it. And the troll says, oh, it's a good thing it hit her in the head. The head is more easily persuaded than the heart. Grandpappy says that he's going to remove all memory of magic from Anna, except leave the fun. Why? Why do you have to do that? Why? This starts my... This is where the problems begin in this, this is, movie. This is where the problems begin. I wrote, troll logic, king logic, troll logic. Remove the knowledge that Elsa has powers from Anna's mind. Why? Why? And the second part, we have to warn her, Elsa that her powers could get stronger if she doesn't control them. I'm not going to tell you how to control them. I'm not going to give you any information. I'm just going to, hey, hey, heads up, notice. Is all that's going to happen is going to get worse. But the one piece of knowledge that Grandpappy imparts is fear is her enemy. So logically, if I were in King and Queen's situation, I would be like, great, let's teach her to not be afraid of her powers. Let's teach her how to control them and use them properly. But what happens instead, Adina? Well, well, first we get, do you want to build a snowman? No, but I mean, before that, King's logic is we're going to close the gates and we're going to like work with a skeleton. We're not going to talk to anybody. We're going to not acknowledge these problems. We're going to just close everything off and not talk about our problems. Now we get, do you want to build a snowman? And poor baby Anna is like, hey, big sister, let's play. Hey, big sister, why don't you like me anymore? (laughs) Oh, God, it's so heartbreaking. Why does the king and queen not talk to Anna and just be like, hey, 
even you keep everything the same, but just be like, sorry, your sister's going through some stuff and she needs to be away. I don't like that reasoning, but just at least no. tell her you can't hang out with her instead of their parents seem to not be helping the situation, period. Literally, we learned three minutes ago she needs to learn to control these powers, fears her greatest enemy, and she's so afraid of her power. Anyway, so we are nine minutes into this movie and in the middle of the song and then, uh-oh, tragedy strikes. In 1840, tragedy strikes. Can I just ask, who's yeah. leading when the two of them die before the coronation for the next three years? Who Who's leading? Right. Like, is there some advisor who is stepping in? We don't know. There's a lot of backstory missing to this movie. So... We're going to jump forward three years to Elsa's coronation day. These poor ladies have not seen other people aside from their very limited staff in so long. <laughs> no wonder Anna wants to just marry the first man she's met. She doesn't know any better. She's socially awkward. She has no social skills whatsoever. Neither does Elsa, but that's a different story. Like, it's no small wonder. No, I don't blame Anna at all for being, ooh, cute guy paying attention to me. Girl, I've been there. <laughs> oh, yeah. We all have. But, you know, we're wandering through the town of Arendelle, and everyone is super excited because the gates are opening for Elsa's coronation day. For the first time in forever. For the first time in forever. We see all of these ships coming in. We meet the Duke of Wesselton. We are introduced to him and he's like, I wonder what's going on in this castle. And you're like, ooh, this is our villain. We are introduced to our villain here. Mm, okay, so no. that, that's my question. That is, is his purpose supposed to throw us off the scent? Yes. yes. Okay, but see, that's fine and everything. But he also definitely acts like an actual villain by sending thugs, as the captions will actually say later on, by sending thugs to go kill her. So, like, he is still a villain. Like, he's not- He so is. He's not, like, not a villain. He's our secondary villain. You know, okay. we talk about how there in other movies we've watched, there are primary villains and then secondary villains. Yeah. He is our secondary villain. He is our obvious okay. villain. He's he's kind of our red herring, so to speak. So, cut to Anna is me in the morning. That's what I wrote. Hair everywhere, drooling. Did you write it in all caps? I really hope you did. I said, Anna getting woken up, dot, dot, dot. Me, IRL. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to, for the first time in forever, I... Love this song. It's so, so good. good. So Anna, you know, is talking about how excited she is that they're opening up the gates. We see Anna rushing through the crowd. She's greeting people. We get a real super casual Rapunzel and Flynn sighting. That we do. You won't you have to know that it's a Rapunzel after her hair has been cut. Yes, it is brunette, short hair Rapunzel. I don't understand why Anna wasn't allowed outside of the castle for so long. That seems silly. When it goes back to the question of who's leading, who is making these choices saying the doors, the gates stay shut, no one comes in, nobody leaves, who's making these decisions? But I'm saying this was an issue when the king and queen were alive. Oh, yeah, no, it totally is. But they passed, so who's enforcing that? 
At least, like, Anna could have had three years of, like, understanding how the world works. Yeah. But she doesn't. The pivotal teenage years, ages 15 to 18. So Anna finishes her song for the first time in forever, Nothing's in My Way, and then she gets bumped by a horse, almost knocked off the harbor, and then is saved by the horse, who is being ridden by Hans. Now, Rachel. Rachel. Adina. Was this as big of a reveal to you as it was to me that Hans was the villain? The first time I saw it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But this, upon watching it, it's very obvious. <laughs> Is it? Yes. I don't think it's that obvious. Oh, I can go into very obvious details. Most of, the, of them being... In the song Love is an Open Door, he all he references is basically wanting to take over. Okay. I think one of the main reasons that I was thrown off is Disney often portrays their villains in dark clothing. Yes. And Hans is portrayed in white, while Anna and Elsa are in darker clothes in this opening scene. Yes. So it's immediately trying to throw you off. It really is trying to throw you off. If you do not know, I remember sitting there with a sorority sister and both of us just being like, did you see that? I didn't. What? What? I didn't see it coming at all. No. And upon rewatch, I was like, the entire time I'm like, I don't get it. Like, why have this adorable meet cute if he's going to end up being the villain? Because- he needs to do this to make it seem like he's in love with her. I don't like it. Okay, you don't have to like it, but it definitely makes sense. It's very obvious in... I mean, this this meeting is not the obvious part of he's a villain. Like, in this moment, right. you do not realize he's a villain. Right. So, it is time for the coronation. And Elsa has to hold this scepter and this, like ball like a globe kind of thing and she has to take her gloves off because it is tradition and they start to freeze so she very quickly puts them down and she gets this little crown this adorable tiara and i'm like how the hell is that staying on her head we're gonna take it back though we're gonna take it back because we get some icelandic here oh oh we do get icelandic yes 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 crazy that that in english translates to as she holds the holy properties and is crowned in this holy place i present to you queen elsa of arendal in in icelandic let's see if i can do this oh my god (laughs) sem hon helder in um helgam einam okron i this um helga staff ek tham from fur or uthar (laughs) that is the icelandic that the little like priest sure is saying looks like the priest okay and he's saying holy things like it's about being holy and things like that so i'm gonna go with let's go with priest okay that's what he's saying in icelandic cheers y'all to some icelandic well done i wish you had been looking at my face (laughs) while you were saying that because i just was like what (laughs) okay so we cut to the party yes elsa's cape is phenomenal i was the whole time i was like 
when I get married, I want a dress. Like, I want a cape that does that. Bridal capes are a thing. We will find you one. I want one. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they're standing next to each other. Anna is like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. She is. They're basically strangers. Like, it's awful. It's terrible. We have not seen them interact since they were kids. Yeah. Elsa says, hi. And Anna goes, oh, me? Yeah. Oh, hi. <laughs> it's it's weird, like, it's how weird. casual Elsa's trying to be as if nothing has happened. I don't like it. I hate it. But the, the Duke of Wesselton comes up and he bows and his toupee goes, plop. And then he does a little chicken dance and I'm like, what's going on? So Anna and Hans meet again for the second time and they're learning about each other. And Hans, before we get into the song, Hans says that he has 12 older brothers. It is now time for Love is an Open Door. And here we go. The most obvious Hans is the villain song ever. Because as Anna is saying, when I see you, I see your face. He says... I see my place and points to the castle. Literally, he acts out and he points to the castle. Oh, I've never noticed that. Mm -hmm. And as we are going through this, she is talking about him. He is talking about what he gets from her. Huh. All of these things, he's gesturing of, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about what you're about to give me if I marry you. Interesting. I've literally never noticed that. Yeah. I, I do love this song. Oh, and I it's very amazing. much enjoy singing it with you in the car. <laughs> I know. You make such a good Anna. I, I try to be Anna. It's challenging. I don't have Kristen Bell's voice. Okay. So they are engaged. Sure. And then they go to ask Elsa for her blessing. I'm which, sorry. Which she does not give, understandably. For three reasons. One, it's dumb. Yeah. Two, she d- doesn't trust people. And yep. three, it's her gosh darn coronation day. <laughs> right. It's like proposing to someone at someone else's wedding. Exactly. It's the word, like, ask tomorrow. And it wouldn't be as bad as asking right now during coronation. But baby Anna, she knows nothing about true love. You can't marry a man you just met. But Elsa and Anna get into a fight. We have our massive temper tantrum. Elsa's glove is removed. And then ice. What is anyone expecting is going to happen here? Does Elsa expect like nobody? This is stupid. You know what? You know that if you can't control it, so you've had how many years now to at least kind of work on this? I'm going to say 15 years. I'm going to say when this issue happened, Anna was three, Elsa was six. That checks out. You've had 15 years to at least get through this one night. All you have to do is get through this one night. Lose it in your room. I don't care. I just... I don't know. Oh, my issue is learn to control your fucking powers and don't just wear gloves and don't be like, oh my God, I can't control my powers because Anna removed one of my gloves. Stupid. And like, I get it. Do you? I, well, no. I what don't. I 
what I get is that she's freaking out and she doesn't want to be found out. And so it becomes this little like endless cycle in her head of like, sure, sure, sure. I'm about to make it worse. So I got to stop making it worse. But in doing that, I'm making it worse. And she keeps going. But like, Anna doesn't know any better. She no, physically Anna does not know. know any better. She just thinks that her sister is being irrational because all of a sudden Elsa's like, close the gates, tell everyone to leave. And Anna's really upset. She's like, reasonable. Why? Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. Because perhaps Grandpappy Troll should not have removed the magic memories. Mm. Yeah, at least if she knew what was going on, she'd understand. Right, right, exactly. If she knew, oh no, Elsa's about to have, um, for lack of a better term, meltdown. <laughs> not a meltdown. <laughs> uh, what's the opposite of a meltdown? A freeze up. <laughs> a, freeze, a freeze up. A freeze up. <laughs> I'm really glad you found that funny. I can't handle it. You're welcome. Um, but anyway, you know, she's freaking out. And if, if Anna knew what was going on, she could be like, okay, it's time to get Elsa into the other room so she can calm down. I yeah. almost said chill. <laughs> There's too many good puns. I can't handle it. There's too many good puns. Um, okay, so disaster after disaster happens. Elsa almost kills the Duke of Wesselton. Whoopsie daisies. And then sets off eternal winter in the kingdom of Arendelle. In the middle of July. Which, whoops-a-daisy. <laughs> you know, Arendelle's in deep, 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 deep snow. But, you know, we have let it go. Which, I did not realize how soon in this movie that song happens. I feel, I, I don't know why I thought it happened later in the movie, this is where I first wrote that this movie is epic. And I, I again, I don't mean epic like, oh, it's so epic, man. It's the coolest movie ever. Coolest. Um, I mean it in the sense of it's epic on the proportion that you yeah. see during this scene. Yes. It's insane how big everything is. Yes, I, I would agree. But it's just, you know, this song really shaped Elsa's character. So Kristen and Robert wrote the song and then from there everyone was like oh we cannot make Elsa the villain in this movie this is yeah. our I want song which we mentioned in our Little Mermaid episode this is you know we have our protagonist singing about what they want they want to be free they you know they she wants she doesn't want to have to play by the rules anymore. Like she, she yeah. wants to be able to be herself and not hold everything in. Several things about this song. Number one, the hair transformation kills me. I can't. It's you, I can't. doesn't work. I, as a girl with long hair, I have yep. I have relatively long hair. Rachel, you've had very long hair in your lifetime. Yep. Her hair must have been so dirty to have held the the shapes that she you know she pushed her hair back it was in a bun i understand look it was if it was in a bun that had been braided first fine i mean the hair 
whatever her makeup changes her dress cha- which her dress oh changes. no that's later that's I later no her um, dress is changing when she's going and pulling it back and then she does her dress i have though so, that moment, what are elsa's powers that moment it looked and i don't think i would have ever thought this before this watch right now so reminiscent of the Cinderella transformation mm. when she changes her dress, the way that the animation uh. was of the changing of the dresses. And it's because of our podcast and like watching all of these movies in succession and understanding and really deep diving and focusing on these movies. I was, I saw that transformation a hundred percent as the Cinderella transformation. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Now, Anna is like, this is my responsibility. I have to go find Elsa and get her to bring Summer back. Okay. Which I understand. You know what? Noble of her to be like, this is my problem. This is my sister. I'm going to fix it. Uh I'm not sure if this is the smartest idea. This also leads me to who was in charge before? Because she just leaves random Prince Hans in charge. And you're like, really? You don't have like a royal advisor or someone that can, that knows the kingdom and knows where the supplies are and can delegate accordingly and can pull out the laws and be like, oh, in case of a crisis, here's what's happening. I don't know that I have a crisis handbook in Arendelle in July 1843. All right, moving on. We meet the wonderful Oaken. <laughs> which, which, which are you going to bring up the same thing I'm going to bring up? Are you going to bring up what Wandering Oaken is an anagram for? No. You go first. Wandering Oaken is an anagram for naked Norwegian. Stop it! <laughs> Right. Uh, I was going to bring up that when you cut to the sauna, you see a man and what appear to be uh, like children, which yes. is like, I'm sorry, is does Oaken have a male partner? Which like, hello, progressive Disney. Yoo-hoo. Progressive-ish. Progressive-ish. <laughs> progressive-ish. Like, I don't, apparently the the directors have said, we knew what we were doing. But it's never been explicitly stated, which like, ugh. I hope that that is Oaken's family. And I, I hope will... I hope that is Oaken's husband and his wonderful children. And I am here for it. So Anna, you know, buys some boots, buys a winter dress. And then Kristoff walks in covered in snow, trying to buy some carrots. He does not have the money. For said carrots because well, he has the money for carrots but he also needs rope and a snow axe yes he ice axe. which which he does not have because he was not expecting it to be oops winter in july because it's also not ice selling season <laughs> yeah so christoph has become an ice salesman I would say like his father before him, except he was raised by trolls. So again, have so many questions. Why would he be an ice salesman if he was raised by the trolls? I feel like the trolls would have pushed him into something more lucrative. I don't know. Like love. Um. (laughs) (laughs) The love experts. But he insults Oaken, who is like, what did you just call me? (laughs) I love your Oaken accent. 
thinks. So uh, Christoph is thrown out of Oaken's and then he's like, hey, I found us a place to stay. And it's just an abandoned barn. And then I write in all caps, this is not the song that Groff deserves. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> but we are introduced to adult Sven here, who yes. I love. He is my baby. I will protect him at all costs. So Anna barges into the barn and is like, you're going to take me to the top of the North Mountain. And let's go. So they get into the sled and um, she is explaining what led to Elsa's tantrum. And she's like, well, I met this guy and then he asked me to marry me and my sister didn't say it. it was like, hold on, you got engaged to a man you just met. And then Kristoff's like rapid firing questions at her like, what's his last name? What's his eye color? And he's like, what's his foot size? And then Anna goes, foot size doesn't matter. And I died. <laughs> Did you know that this scene Uh-oh. has a tie-in at the very end credits? The very last thing that you see. I had never seen it until this movie, until this watch right yes. now. I was waiting to find something else out, which I still have not found and has been killing me. But the very last thing that you see in the credits of are, I took a picture so I could read them directly to all of you right now. Well, you see the ba- the production babies. It's Yeah, and my screenshot has production babies and has yeah. the saying, which is, so Kristoff asks Anna all of these rapid fire questions. And after foot size, he has to go to more of a child question of what if he, what if you don't like how he picks his nose and eats it? And Anna freaks out and he says, all men do it. So at the very end credits, the last thing you see are, is the views and opinions expressed by Kristoff in the film that all men eat their own boogers are solely his own and do not necessarily (laughs) reflect the views or opinions of the Walt Disney Company or the filmmakers. (laughs) Neither the Walt Disney Company nor the filmmakers make any representation of the accuracy of any such views and opinions. So good. (laughs) I died. I died. I I cried. I was like, what? (laughs) Like, what a throwaway line that they just brought back and made even funnier. Okay. So they run away from the wolves and have that really horrifying jump over the gorge. The gorge. Gorge. Good word. And it is here that we are introduced to our wonderful baby Olaf. My exact line was, God damn it, Josh Gad is so good. (laughs) So good. So we are introduced to Olaf, who is hilarious comic relief in a movie that already has so much comic relief, but it's so welcome. He is the most welcome character of this movie. And I, what I love about how he handles his character is a lot of times with comic relief, you can watch it and be like, I, I get that this is comic relief, but I hate this because it feels far too cheesy. Mm-hmm. It feels so good when yes. Josh Gad is doing his lines, which a lot of them are improvised. When Josh Gad is talking like the genius he is, it just feels right. And it doesn't feel like overkill. And it doesn't feel like, oh, you didn't need to do this. It feels so good. It's it 
Yeah, right. It does not seem out of place. It's like, this is what needed to be in this movie, and I love it. And we get the wonderful song in summer, which I'm going to cheers because if you are listening to this episode the day that it comes out, it is it's the summer. day after summer. It's the official start of summer. summer was June 20th. So cheers to summer. Cheers to summer. Whereas I wrote during this, hey, Olaf, you do not like the idea of summer. She says in her 90 degree house while it's 105 <laughs> degrees outside. Okay, but as made extremely evident, Olaf does not understand the concept of heat. Yeah, I'm here to tell him when when Kristoff says someone's got to tell him, me. I'm telling you right now, man, you don't want it. So in summer ends and it ends with Kristoff uh, saying, I'm going to tell him. Don't you dare. <laughs> We're going to have a really quick cut back to the kingdom. And Hans has taken control. Can I actually make this a little bit longer of a quick cutback? Sure. So when we do this cut, everything's covered in snow and we see two townsmen arguing over the correct way to stack their firewood, either bark up or bark down. And this refers to a very heated debate in Norway that was sparked in 2013. So earlier that year. After a 12-hour TV program on Firewood aired. Who's watching that? <laughs> right? And who, I mean, enough people watched it that it sparked an argument because it included eight hours of a live fireplace, which I get that. I do watch the Yule Log. I'm all on board with Yule Log. Personally, I'm not paying attention to the direction that the Firewood is facing. Well, the network received dozens of texts complaining about how the firewood was stacked. Which, like, is a lot for Scandinavia. (laughs) Zing! The complaints were split evenly between people who were upset about bark facing up and those who were complaining about bark facing down. Amazing. I'm trying to think of a situation that's similar in my life where it's such... Oh, you know what? I found it. Toilet paper... Does the paper go over, over. or under? Over, a hundred percent. Okay, great. Anyone who does under is dead to me. I've heard that people who do under have cats who then like to play with it and then it unravels, but you have a cat, so now I'm confused. I have a cat. She has zero interest in our toilet Fabulous. paper. Fabulous. But anyway, no, that like that is my equivalent situation of something so insignificant but apparently sparks such a debate. I I can't even imagine though. Like how much time do you have to have on your hands to like- I don't know. There's not a lot going on in Scandinavia. Zing two from Medina. Particularly in the winter time when there's- Zing three from Medina. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Look, I I have not been to Scandinavia ever. Zing four. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to visit Scandinavia, but I know that in the winter months, there is barely any daylight because of where it is located (laughs) on the globe. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move. Go go back. We cut. We saw Hans was there. Let's cut back. We're now going to cut back to the ice castle. And 
I have so many questions about this ice castle. Where does she inside. poop? Where does she eat? Where does she pee? Maybe not in that order, but all of those things. I can't with this castle. I have so I many questions. to not think about this castle. It's beautiful, but I don't ever want to think about it because she's a bad architect. Yeah. And- there are so many stairs. <laughs> And it's all see-through. Those who live in glass houses, Elsa. So we get our reprise of For the First Time in Forever, and we get Anna's line, Arendelle's in deep, 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 deep snow. (laughs) Four deeps. Lots of deep. Lots of deep. Real deep. Real deep. Elsa is like, get away from me. I don't know how to reverse this. So Elsa's having another tantrum. As she does. As she does. And accidentally strikes Anna in her heart. So then Elsa's even more pissed, creates Marshmallow, who, terrible, I'm sorry, dude almost kills them. Yeah, she should like create Marshmallow and be like, just get them to go away, don't hurt them. Right, but no, she does not have that thought. And um, so they're running away from this giant snow monster, as you do. Reasonable. And Kristoff is like, I'm going to create this little, like, divot. We're going to jump 200 feet down. It's called a snow anchor. Thank you. 200 feet down, but it's fine. Because there's soft powder. I'm sorry. Jumping 200 feet still going to hurt you. <laughs> but they jump yep. as Marshmallow yells, don't come back. Yeah. And they're fine. Soft powder, man. So now we see... A third of Anna's hair has turned white, and it's like, oh, we have to take you to my friends, the love experts. Why can't you just say, like, I want to take you to the trolls because they understand magic? Why can't he say that? Because it's more dramatic this way. So it's troll time. (laughs) I find them highly unnecessary. Yes, me too. But... They're very prominent in Scandinavian culture. Yes, they are. Also, I don't know if this is true. I tried to fact check a fact that I found because I read a fact and I thought, no way. And I couldn't find anything to back it up. But I'm going to just say it. If you guys know any other than me, differently than me, go for it. But I read a fact that all of the voices of the trolls... The women are from the show Kinky Boots and the men are from the show Book of Mormon. I can find nothing that backs that up, but apparently one single quote from Kristen Anderson Lopez saying that. I don't know that that's true. I couldn't find anything when I went and looked at the soundtrack at all. But I'd be so happy. It would make me the most happy and it would make it would redeem this song knowing that it's sung by women who are in the in the show kinky boots and men who are in the show book of mormon oh i love this song it's entirely unnecessary but i think it's extremely delightful it's so cute as a standalone thing yeah so we have our our duke of wesselton and he has sent his thugs off duke thugs Duke thugs, as well as Hans and the Royal Guard. They go to capture Elsa so that they can have her turn winter back. But the Duke says, hey, when you get your shot, you can kill the queen because it'll make everything normal. Mm, I don't know where that logic comes from, but whatever. And 
Elsa like almost kills the guards and it's very confusing. And then we cut to Elsa is captured in the kingdom. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What happened here? (laughs) That is why I say anytime that they don't know what to do, they just jump forward in time. But we then cut to Anna has been told by Grandpappy that the way to fix her frozen heart is an act of true love. They don't specifically say what it is, or he doesn't specifically say what it is. One of the other trolls says, oh, true love's kiss. And then Kristoff goes, oh, we have to get you to Hans. Bro. Bruh. Bruh. If you had kissed her right there, movie over. (laughs) Movie done. Here's what bothers me. Kristoff does an act of true love, in my personal opinion, by taking her to Hans. And in Olaf's personal opinion, by giving her up. By giving her up. So is she the one who has to do the action? It just says an act of true love. So many questions about this last 15 minutes. Kristoff just did the act of true love. Anna, back at the castle. Elsa is captured. Anna has gone to Hans and is like, you need to kiss me now. I need an act of true love. And then he goes, ah, if only someone loved you. And I'm like, what? I mean, the whole like, I mean, it's crazy. What? We finish each other's sandwiches. That's what I was going to say. Like, he wasn't going to say that. He was going to say sentences, but he's going to change to whatever the hell she fills in right there. I was still like, I obviously knew what was going to happen, but I was still surprised. Let us know. We'll do a poll. Well, we can... will definitely do a poll. Let us know. if yes. uh, on Not on first watch. I get it. It caught everybody off guard on first watch. But now that you know. So Hans leaves Anna for dead. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> Olaf comes, saves the day for Anna. He unlocks the door, lights the fire, explaining what love is the cutest things and then he says arguably my favorite line of this movie that some people are worth melting for and right now as i am melting i agree with you olaf there are some people (gasps) that i would melt for yeah and uh he is physically melting (laughs) he is in case you were confused he is a snowman and melting it's adorable Anna's hair is completely white because she is so cold. And Kristoff is running back to go and get Anna. And we are struck into the middle of the frozen fjord. This snowstorm is actually absurd. I'm sorry. <laughs> Until we we see Hans has said to Elsa, you killed your sister. And then he's sneaking up behind her, about to strike her down with a sword, Anna, who has been moving at a snail's pace, suddenly gets the strength to run over and block Hans's sword with her arm. Yeah, what would have actually happened had she not been, you know, frozen? Her arm would have been chopped off. Cool. Just yes. checking here. But nope, she turns to ice. But so she, Anna, had to commit an act of true love in order for her heart to thaw it didn't have to be done to her she healed herself but then 
shouldn't she have already begun the healing process when she left that room when she knew she was about to die but she still left yes that's the act she left the room but she went to go find Kristoff so he could kiss her but love makes everything okay this is reason number two why I think this movie, I already talked about the music, is why I think it was the cultural phenomenon that it was. This is reason number two, is that it wasn't a love, love story, story in the typical sense. And it was a familial love story. It was a family, sibling, love. And that is so strong that parents want to show their kids that you're, the strongest love you can have is the love with your family. So that is reason number two. Okay. Why I think that this movie became the cultural phenomenon that it did. Yeah, that's a great reason. So love will thaw. So Elsa's like, oh, I have all this love in my heart. Okay. So it is a Can you re- thaw again? Can you do that? <laughs> so Hans is thrown in the brig and his punishment is he has to go deal with his brothers doesn't seem like enough punishment but okay and then the duke is told that all trade ties will be broken anna buys Kristoff a new sled and he becomes the official ice master of arendale some title to that effect and they kiss and it's cute elsa learns to control her powers real quick i'm sorry no no, you've gone, as we said already, 15 goddamn years, and all of a sudden, in five minutes, you know what to do. Mm-mm. Not okay Mm-mm. with it. Mm-mm. Don't understand it. Mm-mm. Mad about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's still summer, and Elsa's like, oh, look, I'm going to make an ice rink. And now everyone is happy with the snow, even though it's still July. Okay, but that's the end of the movie. But we do have an end credit scene, which I don't think I've ever seen before. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was delightful. The monster, Marshmallow, just wants to be pretty and wear Elsa's crown. And like, you know, sure. I like you, Marshmallow. You were just told the wrong things. You don't know what's going on. He doesn't know the the extent of his power. And like, that is a common theme in many a Disney movie and superhero movie i get it yeah but he he's adorable but that is the end of the movie and i i write in my notes i still don't understand why this is the phenomenon that it is i agree like i get it logically because again the music huge the family relationship huge but i don't think i there are disney movies that i stan Way more than this movie. I agree. The music of this movie is so good. But the story, I, it's it's not my favorite Disney movie. I'm, I'm sorry. I If someone can explain to me why it's so popular. We'll take that explanation. Please, please share with us. But watching it now, I really loved watching it. I loved oh, that this I was our pick. It. This was very fun. It was, it's a great movie. It's great. It's super fun. It's a great movie, but it is definitely not my, it's overhyped. It is nowhere near my top 10. Oh yeah. Agreed. But Rachel, thank you for sharing this amazing Frosé recipe 
I am sufficiently intoxicated now. <laughs> I am so happy. You know, I was on the fence with a couple of different wines. This was the right choice. A hundred percent. This was oh, the right choice. Never again will we have such an amazing episode title name then. No. Frozen and Froze. That's it. <laughs> That's it. You guys try this, especially it's summer. Drink this. I have been sitting in the heat for this entire time and I feel great now. That might yeah. be the alcohol, but it's make, also because it's cold. <laughs> make this for your friends. They will love you forever. They will. If you're going to like a barbecue. Oh, oh my God. Bring a nice, this. A nice 4th of July barbecue. Mm, this you should will, be your drink you'll, of choice. You'll be the best person at yes. a barbecue. Agreed. But what are we watching next? So I, it's kind of funny what we're going to be watching next. Oh, damn. I had this in my head for a while that I wanted to do this movie. And this episode just made my choice very funny. Okay. Because I want to go a completely different route. Okay, I'm ready for it. I want to do Enchanted. Yes! <laughs> I already had it in my head that I was like, I really want to do this. It's not a DCOM. It's not a Disney animated movie, but it is such not a good- e- It's not even on Disney+. Plus. It's not. It's This is the Disney movie that I want to watch so much. I love this Disney movie. I love it so, so much. Oh it's been God. so long since I've seen it. So it's a perfect tie-in. We've talked about Enchanted so many times. Every time you mentioned it, I don't know if you looked at my face, but I just like couldn't make eye contact with you because I was afraid I was going to share like that. I, that's what my choice was. I'm so excited. Yes. I love Enchanted. It is one of my all-time favorites. Dare I say it? I wow. oh man. Okay, 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 okay. I'm so I have excited. to. Ooh, We're gonna get thinking on a yeah. on a on a wine or a drink, I guess. Because apparently, last two episodes we've done cocktails, which not mad about. I am not mad at a wine cocktail. So you find the right thing, and I am. Very excited for us to continue on with our very talented Adina Menzel. Ah, yay! Except she doesn't sing, and she doesn't I will go into my giant rant then. He doesn't oh, sing. Oh, man. But. <laughs> I think on that wonderful note, I think we can end this episode with the hardiest. The hardiest. Of cheers. Seriously. <laughs> cheers, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. You can find us online at DisneyRewind.com. That is D-I-S-N-E-Y-R-E-W-I-N-E-D.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Disney Rewind. You can also listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And finally, you can send us an email at DisneyRewind at gmail.com. Again, that's DisneyRewind, D-I-S-N-E-Y-R-E-W-I-N-E-D at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers.